This is a Soulfire production. Yo! Welcome back. It's Wander time. We've got some hot breaking news. We're going to talk about Biden's VP pick in detail. We're also going to jump into uh, a little debacle. Like, uh, maybe not a, deb- a debacle, but um, an, an interesting situation nonetheless with Ben Shapiro, popular white, white and right-wing activist. And uh, we're going to get into the details of Brian Callen's accusations. Oh, that would hurt me. That would hurt me deep. But before we get into the show, got a few things, a little housekeeping, if you will. First of all, if you love the show, make sure to go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and some kind words. I really appreciate that. That really makes a huge, huge difference. And those have been rolling in lately. So apparently we're doing something right. And speaking of doing things right, uh, I've been batting around the idea because here's the deal. I've got uh, this podcast. I've got the Realness Podcast. I've got the OK Babe podcast, and we have our uh, podcast production network, Soulfire Productions, which if you are in the podcast business, hit us up because we do great work. And I'm busy. I'm busy, but I fucking love doing this show. This show kind of started as a COVID experiment to see where things would go from here, but I just kind of fell in love with doing this. And this is stuff I really do care about um, and, and love researching and, and, and love talking about. So... I've been thinking about ways to reformat the show, and rarely, if you've if you ever had a podcast, like things change, things change, and and constantly evolve. And uh, I'm thinking about ways to evolve this show. So if you have any ideas for me, uh, head over to Instagram at Connor Wanders. You can find me there, and we can break down. I'm thinking of doing this. I'm, I'm of course I'm always open to feedback. I've gotten some great ideas today, um, but we're really splitting it up between doing one show a week. Uh, that's that's more like the show that we're doing now, which I really like doing too, but we're also looking at adding a Patreon and all that kind of fun stuff, or doing um, more shows per week, maybe four or five, maybe daily shows or throughout the whole week, um, maybe not the weekends, but we'll see, uh, that are just on one topic. So it's either breaking it down I mean, kind of like we do now with a few stories and something to think about, or breaking it into you know single episodes with one single topic and then something to think about being its own standalone episode uh, as well. So just some ideas playing around. I want to be more consistent with this. I want to be more um, available to uh, just put things out as they happen. And things are changing every day. I mean, we've got, I mean, of course, just just a few hours ago, Kamala Harris was was announced as Joe Biden's VP, which we're going to get into in the state of things. Um, and we're also going to talk more about the election. And that's really what's going on right now. But as things go on, the more I find out, the more... I figure out, and here's the thing, here's the reason that shows don't come out as consistently as I want, and I'm going to be fully transparent, is that I like to learn as much as I can before I do a show. I've When we first started this, it was just my opinions, pretty much, and and it still is primarily my opinions, but I like to know more about what's going on, and that requires research, and I mean, to be completely transparent, maybe six, seven, eight hours of research going to one show. Um, if I really want to do a good job and that's, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I should do it right. And I think if I do you know one topic per episode, I can, I can get into that for 20, 30 minutes, give you a good ride to work, something to think about there as well. And then, uh, move on from that. And, and I think that may, that may be better, but I don't know. It's, it's about the listener experience. I will do what you guys think is the best for your enjoyment and your, uh, podcast consumption, immersive experience. So that's just just a thought, just putting that out there. If you want to reach out to me and let me know what you think or what your ideas are, find me on Instagram. Like I said, shoot me a DM and give me the scoop. So that being said, I think we're ready. This has been a wild week, wild time. This is also a crazy time for me because we were heading into September, which is my my elk hunting month of the year. So <laughs> we'll be doing as best I can to get as many shows as I, as I can, but I'll be so grateful so grateful for September to be spend most of that time out in nature, unplugged from cell phone service and and anything like that. I'll still have audiobooks and that kind of stuff, but I will be out and away in the wilderness. And um, I'm sure that every time I come back from my little five or six day long adventures, um, 
lots of crazy shit will have happened that I'll try and unpack it as best I can. But I wanted to give you a heads up on that as well. But going into the end of the year, I'm really excited. We've got November coming up. We've got these crazy DNC um, situation whether I think I don't even, I don't even think Joe Biden's going to show up. I don't think he's even going to show up to accept the nomination. I'm going to do it virtually because he needs to virtually virtue signal that he very is very very serious about the coronavirus and um, does not feel safe to travel or maybe he just needs to stay in his fucking basement which has got him to leading in the polls by 13 points. Oh man, I just don't fucking know. And on something to think about this week, I'm just going to riff. I've got no notes, but I'm just going to riff and 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 think free flow stream of consciousness about who is the better candidate for America in the long term um, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Um, but yeah, I think that's enough. I think we're into it. I think it's time. I think it's time to get into the state of things. All right, Kamala Harris has been announced as Joe Biden's VP candidate. Holy shit. I called it. I called it. I called it on this show. If you listen to this show, you heard it. You heard it here. Not a big surprise. I was hoping for something better, but this is what we've got. Now, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, if you watch the debates, had a little bit of a contentious situation, and Kamala just couldn't raise the money um, to stay in the fight, to stay in the fight for the nomination. So, she dropped out super early. I was actually really surprised at how early she dropped out. Um, but her and Biden kind of went back and forth. And she, the best she was doing in the campaign uh, was after this debate where she got after Joe Biden on his uh, policies when he was a senator. So let's go ahead and jump into that right now and so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it is personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. Look, everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. And those civil rights, by the way, include not just only African-Americans, but the LGBT community. But they, Vice President Biden, do you agree today, do you agree today that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then. No, Do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I opposed. Well, I there did was not a oppose. failure of, of states to, to integrate no, public schools in America. I was part of the second the, class to integrate Berkeley, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was so a local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because that's there are moments history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. So I've got to be honest with you there. I thought that at that moment in the debate, I thought Joe Biden was done. And and even the early debates, I mean, I was super into this shit, obviously. And I just can't imagine, I couldn't imagine him going much further. I was, I would have not been surprised if he dropped out after that. I mean, that was, he just got completely roasted by Kamala and Oh, I, it makes sense because she did push back. And essentially, the majority of people don't think that Biden's going to even make it through a term if he wins. Um, so what they're doing in the DNC is trying to weasel in a candidate for themselves as president. Now, Kabbalah, Kabbalah, Kamala, I always do that. <laughs> she has a weird name to say sometimes, I guess. And that's maybe that's on me. Um, but Kamala has a little bit of a spotty record. So when she was a prosecutor, she really cared a lot about keeping her prosecution record uh, pristine to the point where she didn't want to admit DNA evidence to uh, quit someone who was on death row. So someone who was wrongfully convicted and on death row, she did not want to admit 
uh, new evidence that would exonerate this man. Uh, he was convicted of killing um, a couple and their children. He didn't do it. And I just recently listened to a, a new Joe Rogan podcast talking about just the number of wrongful convic- convictions. And the fact that she played a part in that just makes me sick to my fucking stomach. And they even bring her up on the show um, on, the, on that Joe Rogan episode without uh, before knowing this was even the case. I mean, we all had kind of presumed that she would be the one, but we're hoping he would go a different direction. And not only that, she denied inmates parole because they needed uh, free labor when they had the fires in, in, in her county. So it was California fires. They needed free labor. They were paying those guys like 50 cents a day or something. Um, and she denied people parole so they could work for free um, for the state instead of being eligible for their you know semi-freedom when you're out on parole. So kind of some fucked up shit here. And there's more and more of this. I mean, they're just going to keep uncovering this. And it's interesting because as a prosecutor and as the attorney general, she she... I mean, she just in, in, in the environment of defund the police and and looking at and really being critical of uh, mass incarceration like the, there's been I don't think there's been in my lifetime anyways, uh, as much focus on those failing components of our society than there are right now. And, and with that, you're going to bring in Kamala Harris into your into your campaign. Like I just I can't it can't. I can't put the two together. I just can't, I can't reconcile the two. And there's so many other options. There's so many other options here. Just it, it, it blows my mind. I guess it doesn't. I, the DNC is just so fucked and so disconnected from, from what people actually want and the kind of change that we actually need. Um, but speaking of other options, there's someone that I was a fan of and have been a fan of for a long time that got after Kamala in the same debate. And this was a very interesting debate, that this this one. And, and this is Tulsi Gabbard just really getting after Kamala on her record. And I knew she had, Tulsi had clearly prepared this for Kamala. Like she was going for the Kamala takedown. And Tulsi is a veteran. She's a woman of color. She's very, very smart and very capable. But she does not play the establishment's game. And she got attacked in a very similar way that Bernie Sanders got attacked, which is just embarrassing and sad to see as a nation. I mean, let the fucking let democracy be democracy, please. Is that so much to ask? But I wanted to play this clip real quick from Tulsi just getting after Kamala Harris. I want to bring in Congresswoman Gabbard. Congresswoman Gabbard, you took issue with Senator Harris confronting Vice President Biden at the last debate. You called it a quote false accusation that Joe Biden is a racist. What's your response? I want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response. As the elected Attorney General of California, I did the work of significantly reforming the criminal justice system of a state of 40 million people, which became a national model for the work that needs to be done. And I am proud of that work. And I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. That is why we created initiatives that were about reentering former offenders and getting them counseling. why and because I know that criminal justice Thank system you, is Senator. so broken that I am an advocate for what Thank we you, need Senator. to do to not Your only decriminalize but legalize marijuana in the United States. I want to I bring uh, Congresswoman uh, Gabbard back in. Your response. The bottom line is, Senator Harris, when you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row, 
innocent people. You actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no excuse for that. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, oh, you owe them an apology. Senator Harris. My entire career, I have been opposed, personally opposed to the death penalty, and that has never changed. And I dare anybody who is in a position to make that decision, to face the people I have faced, to say, I will not seek the death penalty. That is my background. That is my work. I am proud of it. I think you can judge people by when they are under fire, and it's not about some fancy opinion on a stage, but when they're in the position to actually make a decision, what do they do? When I was in the position, of having to decide whether or not to seek a death penalty on cases I prosecuted, I made a very difficult decision that was not popular to not seek the death penalty. History shows that, and I am proud of those decisions. Senator Harris, thank you very much. Senator Bennett, a question for you. Why are you the best candidate to heal the... Okay. So there's that, that's an interesting thing, because when you, she, she diverts, she diverts, she's a very good politician. She diverts that question well. It's like, well, I didn't seek the death penalty for cases that I was a prosecutor for uh, because I'm opposed to it. But you're in a position to where you don't want to allow DNA evidence that could exonerate someone who's innocent from death row because it would tarnish your record. So to me, that says a lot about a person's character. Do you care more about your scorecard? Or do you care more about people's fucking lives? That's a very interesting dynamic. And, and these think about prosecutors in the criminal justice system. It becomes a game, right? And, and I understand these people see the worst of people all the time. But with that being said, like, you can't let that. You have to have the kind of character that doesn't let that impact you. Because you can get so disillusioned by humanity that you make decisions that are completely absurd and inhumane. And it seems like... She kind of let that roll off, and she did. She did redirect it in a pretty, I guess, effective way. But or do you fall for it? Do you believe it? Do you buy it? Now she did. I mean, again, fifteen hundred people in prison for marijuana charges. When she laughs about the fact that she smoked and her family smokes, it's a. It's it's interesting, and the only reason that she was was forced to allow that DNA evidence into that case was because Gavin Newsom stepped stepped in and forced it. He forced her to do it. It's, it's sad. It's sad. And this is politics. It doesn't matter. This is the thing about politicians. And this is what people are so fucking tired of. And people like this. It's not about values. It's about getting elected. You know, that, that's the thing. This is not about values or her personal values or her personal beliefs. This is about getting elected. That's it. End of story. That's all of it. Now, is this better than Mike Pence? Probably marginally better than Mike Pence. And yes, she wants to, and that's the thing. I mean, this might, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of leave it blank 2020. Vote down ballot where it matters in your local elections and your local representatives. But fuck, man. And we're going to get into it later in the show, but I, I can't decide who's going to be better for us in the long term. I can't. And I, I'm looking forward. I've got some podcasts coming up with people that think that Trump is an existential threat and that, that, it is very important for us to get Biden in the White House, and I'm, I'm down to hear them out, and that may change my mind. And even just the, the legalization of marijuana uh, nationally would be huge. At the federal level, that would be huge, and that's worth my vote, honestly, in a lot of ways. That might get me out to the polls and, and make me pull the trigger on somebody that I fucking despise or two people that I can't fucking stand. But here we are. Here we are with our choices now. It's, the picture is clear, and what you have is someone with a really spotty record who can't even fucking apologize. How about this? Apologize to the person that you were about to fucking murder with the death penalty, an innocent person who spent, what, 20-some-odd years there? A, a large portion of their life that they're never going to fucking recover from. Never going to recover from. And you don't have the guts to apologize? Apologize, Kamala Harris. Go back and actually own your shit. Take responsibility for yourself and apologize for almost murdering someone. Almost murdering someone. Because your record is more important to you than human life. That's the kind of people that we have. That's the kind of people that we have on the right and the left. It gives they don't give a zero, they don't give a fuck about values. They have none. No core beliefs. They're empty people. And I hate to say that. I don't want to be that negative. I want to have hope. That's what we all want is hope, that things are going to get a little bit better. But fuck me. 
Flip the script. When it when it when it benefit when it, when everybody else wants legal weed, of course you want legal weed. <sighs> complete absence of character. Complete absence of character. With that being said, let's move on to something a little more fun. All right, Ben Shapiro. Ben motherfucking Shapiro. Now, Cardi B came out with a new song called WAP. W-A-P stands for wet-ass pussy. And I saw a lot of people out there on uh, other um, political YouTubers and podcasters that were scared to say the word pussy. And that's one thing I love about my show is I don't have to give a fuck. I can say pussy all I want. So we're going to say pussy a lot of times, numerous times. But I, the, the lyrics of this song, I'm not going to do it justice. I'm going to let Ben Shapiro do that for you. So Ben Shapiro is the fast-talking, right-wing, anti-porn, anti-abortion, you know, dude, the guy. He's the master debater, as they say. He loves to go to college campuses and just beat up on kids that don't have fully formed ideas. Um, and it's really entertaining to watch because he kind of bullies. He's like bullying liberals, essentially. Um, but apparently this song by Cardi B really just got to him. It got to him. So, you know what? Let's just play this. It's it's incredible. It's it's one of the best things I've seen in my entire life. This is so beautiful. Here are some of the lyrics. You ready? Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pull out game weak. Yeah, you effing with some wet ass P word. P word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop. For this wet ass p word, give me everything you got for this wet ass p word. Beat it up, n word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this p word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This p word is wet. Come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines, uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like a, a lot more vulgar. Talk your S word, bite your lip, ask for a call while you ride that D word. You really ain't never gonna F him for a thing. He already made his mind up before he came. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet ass P word. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass P. Right, so this is, D guys, this, this is what feminists fought for. This is what the feminist movement was all about. It's not, uh, it, it's not really about, you know, women being treated as independent, full rounded human beings, it's about wet ass P word. And if you say anything differently, it's because you're a misogynist, you see. Uh, it gets really, uh, really, 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 really vulgar. Here's Okay, this is, is this, is that not the most ridiculous shit you've ever seen slash heard in your life? So feminism now is about wet ass pussies. That's what the feminist movement, um, meant what it what, what it means that's what it's about that's that's the core value of the feminist movement clearly based on cardi b's song so i wanted to go through i was like well that's that's not the only song that i know about pussies and i just want i just went through a quick little spotify search and 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 thought through some songs that i remember from my from my childhood um how about bomb ass pussy by snoop dogg or put it in my mouth lollipop by Lil wayne uh pony um you know that one you're horny, let's do it, ride it, my pony. Pony is actually a slang for male genitalia. Um, let's see. Hey, I want some pussy and pop that pussy by Two Live Crew. Uh, Wet the Bed by Chris Brown. Give Me That Nut by DWA. Is that right? NWA, sorry. And then, um, of course, <laughs> the classic that everybody knows and everybody loves, My Neck. My back, lick my pussy and my crack. Yes. I think that the feminist movement may have changed some things as far as music goes, but I think it's just that women can talk about pussies too. Because guys have been talking about pussies in rap songs for like the longest time. So what is this really about, Ben Shapiro? Is this really about Cardi B talking about a wet-ass pussy? Is that really what's going on here? It doesn't seem like it to me. Maybe it's because Cardi B is a Bernie Sanders supporter. Maybe that has more to do with it. But I would love to hear Ben Shapiro cover more hip hop lyrics. I would just like my neck, my back. I would, I would love, I would love to hear Ben Shapiro do that. My, my neck, my, <laughs> like my P word and my crack. 
<laughs> what a fucking doofus. Now, Ben Shapiro's wrote a book about how bad porn is and that porn should be banned. Like he like he doesn't know what the fucking internet is. Like you can't ban porn. You can't really ban anything. You can get anything you want. Oh, God damn, Ben Shapiro, you goofy fuck. I just, I, I, I can't. I can't with this fucking guy. But what people have done, have, have, they have mixed him into and made remixes of Wet Ass Pussy featuring Ben Shapiro. And I want to play one for you right now just to give you an idea of how beautiful and creative the internet can be. Just so beautiful. This is great. Horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. I said certified freak. There's some seven days a week. There's some wet ass p words. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, 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 you in with some wet ass p word. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass p word. Give me everything you've got for this wet ass p word. Beat it up, n word, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this p word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This p word is wet, come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines, uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar, like a, a lot more vulgar. Oh my goodness, that's great! It seems like, it seems like our, our friend Ben Shapiro here is is unfamiliar with the fact that pussies even get wet. It's like he, it's like he, it, it may have broken his brain. He's like, wait, pussies get wet? That's a thing. No, why would they do that? Uh, huh? What? Anyways, interesting stuff here. Gotta love it. Gotta love Ben Shapiro talking about wet P words. <laughs> oh, Jesus. FNA. Um, let's move on to something that's less fun. Brian Callen. Brian Callen. Oh, shit. Shit, Brian. Brian Callen is accused of rape and sexual assault by four different women in four completely different um, different scenarios. Actually, one of them is, I would say, only rape and sexual assault by, by or sexual misconduct, I guess you would say, by three women and then one woman who was just a little bit disturbed uh, by their affair that they had. Um, but I want to break these down for you, and we're going to play um, what, what Brian had to say and what Amy Schumer had to say is if she has any fucking place to comment on this um and this is unfortunate for me because i want to give you a little bit of backstory i want to give you a little context i've actually been um uh, lucky enough to, to to spend a little bit of time with with brian callen um and i've always and i think i've even said on on this show like of the comedians and, and kind of celebrities that i've met brian delivered as far as just being seeming like a really awesome dude was super nice to me, even though he didn't have to me. I was basically like a glorified assistant at the time at a company I was working for, and he was there doing a podcast with my boss. And um, was just so funny and so fun to be around. And actually ended up going to his comedy show that night, and um, my girlfriend was always late to things at the time, so we were late to the show. And he was in the back about to go on. Um, his opener, uh, Stevie Blue Eyes, I believe his name was, uh, was opening for him and we walked past him on the way back and he stopped us and like sat and had a conversation with us while his opener opening act was, was on and we're just shooting the shit with us, um, in the back before he went on, which I thought was really cool because he was about to do a, you know, 45 minute set and he like just spent the time before that shooting the shit with people that he just met. Um, so this stings and the Crystalia situation and the Crystalia accusations all dovetail into this because, the women that came forward said that that really emboldened them to, to make the move and, and, and go public with this. Some of these accusations make sense and I think are inappropriate. Um, and I don't, I can't say that I think that they're worth losing a career over, but the rape allegation is pretty egregious if it is accurate. Um, and that's a big if, I mean, this is one thing like this guy lost a lot already in this Chris D'Elia lost a lot already in his situation. Um, and things came out after the fact um, that kind of watered down the accusations quite a bit with Crystalia. And you don't see that 
It's not like, okay, he's back on his podcast and everything's back to normal now. Like, no, not at all. And I think Chris Alia was absolutely irresponsible in what he was doing. It seems like Brian was pretty irresponsible in what he was doing. But I want to go down case by case and just share some of the details, uh, get into it a little bit. This really, when I heard this, this fucking, this stung. This stung because I feel like Brian is one of the most underrated comedians um, out there. And seeing him live is just such an amazing experience. Uh, his specials are pretty good, but seeing him live is something really cool. And having really bragged about, kind of bragged about how how cool he was to me when he didn't have to be. And that says a lot about people that are famous. I mean, if you're a nobody um, and these guys are are cool to you, uh, it really feels special. Like him and him and um, Donald Cerrone are two guys that I speak very highly of because they kind of just shot the shit like real normal dudes, and they didn't feel like they were better than anybody, and they didn't really act that way around everyone else. And and I and I. That meant a lot to me at the time, um, so this this stings. But um, in doing this show, I've got to I've got to do what I got to do and, and get into this. So the L.A. Times broke this story, and there's four different accusers. Like I said, one's not really an accuser; she's more or less just sharing her perspective on their relationship. Um, but the first one is Kath Catherine Tigerman, Catherine Fior Tigerman, and she was um, actually a cast member on Mad TV after Brian had left. And they had met in 1994. She moved to LA in 99 and had booked a pilot. So she had booked a pilot and they, he took her out to celebrate. She had known, or he had known her dad and they had gone way back. Anyways, they went out to have a drink. She said she had half a glass of wine, but felt uh, unusually nauseous, nauseous and kind of drowsy, um, which is obviously an implication that he had drugged her, which I think is not true or accurate at all. That seems super fucked up and weird. Um, and then <laughs> they were going to go to the movies. This is, of course, in 1999. This is 20 years ago or 21 years ago. Um, and they needed to find a paper to see what the movie times were. They couldn't find a paper stand, whatever. They end up back at his place. <sighs> he makes moves. She goes, She excuses herself to go to the bathroom, tries to get it together. Says, you know, asking for a ride home. Put him in the friend zone, that whole thing. She opens the bathroom door. That's what she says. She opens the bathroom door. He's right there. He walks in, kind of gets himself behind her in the mirror, tells her how beautiful she is, uh, saying she could be a model and all this kind of fun stuff. Then she finds herself in his bedroom. And at that point, um, damn, she said he, he kind of forced herself on her, and she kept saying no. She had heard that humanizing yourself in a rape situation um, can sometimes help. So she started saying her name over and over again, like I'm Catherine, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this, that kind of whole thing. And then she said she felt powerless and trapped and checked out um, and just went for it. And they did have sex Um, or she was raped, whichever way you want to say that. Callan remembers this incident very differently since they both agreed to have sex and that it was consensual. So, I don't know. I don't know. After she, after it was over, she said that she immediately started crying on the way home. And he was, t- and this is where it gets weird. I mean, if it wasn't weird already, he said, oh, come on. What am I, a big bad rapist? I'm not a big bad rapist. She said he told her, come on, you're going to be my girlfriend now. We need to get this out of the way. I don't, I don't know the dude like at all, really, but it, this seems, it just seems odd. It just seems unnecessary and odd. She called her then boyfriend, gave him the details of the encounter, and he corroborated the story. She also told several friends, and they corroborated the story as well. So there's a lot of um, confirmation as far as what she told people had happened. Uh, man. Then something else is just a really off. She did a chemistry read with Brian Callen to be on a show with Brian. What a chemistry mean, read means is that she had already signed the contract to be a part of that show for something like seven years. So if she was to get that part, she would have played opposite of a person that she accused of raping her for years. She would have been a coworker of this person in intimate situations as his wife or girlfriend on the show for years. She went to the chemistry read. She said she didn't want to let him win. Uh, And she was encouraged by a friend to do so, who also corroborated this whole story. 
she didn't get the part. Um, no big deal. She's since since left show business, but that seems odd to me that she would want to play a part where she's opposite of someone that she that raped her. So I don't know. I don't know, but people are piling on. Of course, it's a big story, especially as the, as the Crystalia stuff died down. You know, the LA Times. I think, and the and the rumors are the LA Times was searching for people to have accusations. They were actively reaching out to people um, and and kind of churning the rumor mill a little bit to try to find accusations. So that's that one. Then we have a person named Rachel Green. She's an American Apparel employee. Brian came into the store. She didn't know who she was, but their friend or her coworkers at the store knew who he was, and um, they showed him his. They showed her his IMDb page, IMDb, IMDb page, and um, and kind of filled them in on who she was. He went upstairs, and when you go upstairs at the American Apparel store, apparently somebody has to be up there with you, is supervised basically. Uh, so she went up there. He tried on some clothes. She said he kept coming out in his boxers, whatever, whatever, um, was being kind of inappropriate, but no big deal. Not a big thing. Then, um, then uh, he came back the next day, or after like maybe two days later, uh, he was wearing a speedo, apparently some kind of really tight underwear, and he was trying on clothes again. She, he, he had requested her um, to help him, and when he left the dressing room, she went in there to grab the clothes out and the ones that he didn't want. He walked back in, pushed her against the wall, started kissing on her neck, doing the whole thing, trying to make out with her. She bounced and told her coworkers um, this whole thing. I mean, said she pushed him off and ran down the stairs, and and everybody kind of laughed it off. This seems plausible to me. This seems like this isn't this isn't a really a stretch for me to believe this. The rape, yeah, that kind of is like. That racks my mind a little bit to want to believe that. I mean, that's made me my own confirmation bias, and I'll accept that. This seems plausible. This seems like okay. That that was pretty fucked up, Brian. If you pulled that, if you did that, and she doesn't, it doesn't seem like she's in a place necessarily where she needs to get her uh, any attention. Like it wasn't like she was seeking it, but she did share that story. Um, now the next person is Tiffany King. She was a comedian. Uh, he had given her some stage time before. Uh, one of his gigs previously, and she was kind of down on her luck going through a divorce. She had gone to one of his shows and had talked with him. She was having a hard time. He said um, that he didn't really know what the fuck was going on with her, that she's a beautiful woman. She needs to work with what she's got. Something's always been off about her, kind of something like that. Anyways, they went to dinner after the show, and she claims that he offered her stage time and money because she had asked him for money before. He had declined, but said that he offered her stage time and money. and some cash uh, for a blowjob when she when he was when she was dropping him off at his Airbnb. That was in 2017. So, man, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that happened. I mean, that se- again seems plausible. He denies it, of course. Then we have Claire Gansart, who he actually had a four year affair with. He met her in New York while filming a show or a movie, and uh, they, you know, he started flirting with her, whatever, whatever. You know, as things go, she was trying to get into the industry. He was helping her out. He took her to a movie set. She saw John Stamos in real life. She was kind of starstruck, that whole thing. Um, They continued to have an affair. This is actually while he was married. And uh, they did for four years. So they had this on and again, off again affair for four years. She said it wasn't until after, um, it wasn't until after that a therapist helped her realize that he he had used his power to manipulate her. I always think that's a little sketchy. When a therapist like convinces or anybody convinces somebody of something after the fact, um, and I, I I get it. If you're in a narcissistic codependent type relationship, that can actually happen. You can be gaslighted into believing that you're in a healthy relationship or that you're the problem or that you're crazy. That can definitely happen. But it just didn't seem like the nev- the, the the way this was going. It seemed like a young girl and an older guy, and a lot of older guys, especially ones that are rich, like young girls. This is not news. This is not news. I spent time around a lot of 40-year-olds with a lot of money who love 23-year-olds. This is a normal fucking thing that happens. I don't like it. It makes me feel kind of gross when I'm around it, but it is what it is. And at 23 years old, you have to take responsibility for your own actions. And she does say she's not a victim, but she is kind of looking out for that 23-year-old version of herself that was kind of 
lured in with by a 45-year-old that should have known better. That's a little bit soft to me. I don't even think that should have been added. That does, that's not sexual misconduct. But they did, they did point this out, that she said that Brian told her that women have a biological primal desire to be raped. Now, if you don't know this about Brian, he's very into, he talks about this on his podcast a lot and his podcast he's done with Rogan and, and, and he's had a lot of conversations with evolutionary biologists and psychologists. He really gets into that evolutionary science and the science of the mind. And the fact is that rape fantasies are extremely common among women. That does not mean that you actually want to be raped. That just means that the rape fantasy is very, very common. So I think that what the LA Times did with this is really fucked up by providing very little context. And they probably just put her in there so they could put that line in there as well. That is not fair. I've said the same kind of shit. My girlfriend said the same kind of shit. This, that's, that's not to be disputed. That is factually correct that women have, generally speaking, rape fantasies are extremely common. And one of the things that's important to say about that is that that means, because a lot of people will think that, right? Say so you're a woman and you have rape fantasies, think that you're fucked up or broken, right? So that, 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 that's so fucked up. When you find out that it's a common thing to have rape fantasies, it makes you feel less fucked up. It, it diminishes the shame. That's an, that's, that's an empowering thing to understand. Just like any fantasy, whatever that is, when you understand that it's more common than you think, it helps to release the shame. And maybe we have zero context here. This girl could be, have been into really rough sex and he was trying to make her feel more at ease. Who fucking knows? Maybe he was just rambling about a podcast he was just on with some evolutionary psychologist. We have zero context on this. Zero, zero context on it. So it's interesting. And, and it, it, I'm, I, this many people come forward, right? When a handful of people come forward, some of this shit happened, for sure. But I will say this. Before we play the video that Brian shared, in 20 years, things can change. Your memory is very valuable, right? You, you, the way that things are remembered can be vastly different than what actually happened. And so what I'm going to say here, and I may get fucking crucified for saying this, but I don't give a fuck. It's probably in the middle of their two accounts. It was probably less consensual than Brian thinks it was and more consensual than Catherine thinks it was when we're talking about the rape charge. The other stuff probably fucking happened. Okay, it probably happened. I don't know how much of that is a crime. I don't know. But I'm not a fucking lawyer. I don't know. But what I am saying is that over time, we tend to belittle or dramatize memories. It's just the way it is. Go back and talk to your high school ex about what fucking really happened in y'all's crazy toxic relationship that everybody had. And you are going to get two completely different stories because we're going to have confirmation bias in our remembering of the idea of the of the of the events. It seems like what Brian did here was wrong in a few different instances. It's fucked up and it's sad. But we can't run with this stuff without some kind of information, some kind of context, some kind of due process before you fucking ruin somebody. I mean, if you're going to tank the guy's career, let it be on things that are fact, factual. Let's get a little bit more information before we just run around and fucking ruin people's lives before we know what the fuck actually happened. Not to mention these are adults. There's a lot to look at here. A lot to look at here. But I want to play what Brian shared on his Instagram. Um, and I really, I want, to, I want to say this too. I appreciate that he came out and put a video out. Versus some fucking silly ass statement like Dalia did where it was like means nothing and it's very like blah. And people told him not to do this, I'm sure. Put a video out and, and, and try to clear his name and, and say what he thought. But I'm going to play this for you. I want to hear, I mean, let's just put it all out there. Hey everybody, Brian Callen here. You know, when you're in a situation like I am, uh, you get a lot of advice from a lot of different people. And it usually falls into two different categories. Either they tell you to post a statement and disappear, or they say, lay low and let the news cycle pass you by. Well, for better or for worse, I'm not doing any of that. I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here defending myself against something I did not do 21 years ago. So this is me saying that I categorically and absolutely deny all the allegations against me. I wanted you 
to see me say that. I didn't want to post some stale statement. I wanted you to hear that come out of my mouth. I have been characterized as someone that no one, no one who knows me, not my friends, not my family, not my fans would ever recognize. And that's because that's not who I am. That is not what I, that's not something I could do. Those are things not never did things that I could, I couldn't do. Those are not things that I would ever do. That is not how I have ever lived my life. And by the way, this is not, this is not a video about cancel culture. This is not a video, it's certainly not a video about the Me Too movement. I, I happen to believe, and it's taken me, to be completely honest, it's taken me a while to come to this conclusion to understand this. I believe that the Me Too movement is one of the most important movements of my lifetime because for the first time in history, it gives women recourse against the abuse of power. And that makes the world a better place. And that is not a political statement. That's just fair play. And I believe in fair play. But I also believe in due process. And we live in a very strange time where anybody can make an allegation against you and you are guilty until proven innocent. It, it's just a fact that social media and the press alone can act as judge, jury, and executioner. And I don't think that's good for anybody. And by the way, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix that. I, I don't think anybody in particular is even to blame. But when something like this happens, this is pretty much the only way you can defend yourself. So this is me standing up and, and, and saying that I have been falsely accused of terrible things that I did not do. And that's what I have to say. Thank you for listening. And I want to thank my fans for rallying around me. I, 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 it, your comments mean so much to me. And to be honest with you, I need them right now. Um, I, I will be taking a leave of absence, obviously, for my podcast. Um, uh, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. So there's that. Um... I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. Uh, this is really hard. And I, and I and the reason this is coming out late, and I'm probably going to get those comments on YouTube that say, like, oh, this is old news. Yeah, it is, because I sat around and waited to see if something else came out. Um, it seems like his wife left, and there may have been something that was brewing beforehand. Who fucking knows? Maybe this pushed it over the edge. I don't know. It seemed like he was having an affair. I don't... I don't know what the difference would be if we hadn't already seen this go wrong a few times. For example, in the comedy in the comedy world, what happened with Aziz Ansari, which was completely unfair, fucked up his career, all of her false allegations. Like, where do you see Aziz now? Had killer comedy specials, was on Parks and Recreation, at the peak of his career, and one person regretted giving him a blowjob and where's he at now? He's had one special since then. Master of None was a great show on Netflix. Loved that show. Fantastic. We're season three. So we've seen this go wrong before. And it seems like it may be going wrong again. Because to come out with a video like this, and if you didn't if you weren't very, very confident that you were right and that what you were saying was true. Would you come out with a video like this? I don't know. I don't know. Because people love to fucking pile on now. If this had happened three years ago and these allegations came out, I'd actually give them a little bit more weight. But now it's a great way to get your fucking name in the, in the, in the headlines. It's a great way to take somebody down. Oh, man. Pretty rough stuff. That's that. That's where we're at. Oh, one more thing I wanted to share before we get out of here with that. Amy Schumer, when this came out, when this very first, when this thing just came out, when it was hot off the presses, Amy Schumer shared the LA Times article saying, the LA Times just published this article about the repeat offenses of Brian Callen. Thank you to the brave women coming forward for sharing their stories. You are saving the women who may have come after you. And... To the comics who were annoyed with me for standing with the ladies, what are you so afraid of? Available 
on my number in my bio if anybody wants to talk about Brian or anyone else who has sexually assaulted you. Brian Callen, have a nice day. Amy Schumer, I think I stand for a lot of people when I say, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Amy Schumer. Jesus Christ, you joke-stealing bitch. This is fucking annoying. You're going to pile on now. As if you've never used your celebrity status to fuck. Really? You've never fucked anybody who's out of your league by being famous and leveraging your power? How about this? I'll put a fucking number in my bio. And anybody who's been... um, who's been a victim of Amy Schumer's power of abuse or abuse of power, excuse me, go ahead and hit me up and let me know. Jesus fucking Christ, Amy Schumer, get out of here with this shit. The brave women. How about this, Amy? What if the brave women were full of shit? What if it is lies? All of it. Does it matter? Will you be, will you be punished for your ignorance? At that point, no, you won't. So shut the fuck up. Jesus. Sorry, I get heated a little bit with that stuff, but it's like, why pile on? Why? Has enough already been done? Let's get to the bottom of this before you start posting Instagrams to your millions of followers. Jesus Christ. And even if, even if Amy Schumer had abused her power to get laid, who would care? No one would fucking care. What if Amy Schumer was fucking some 23-year-old barista? Think anybody give a shit? No. And here's the thing. Since we're at the end of this, I'll put this out there. I've been in that situation before. I had to fuck my boss at Lululemon. Didn't have to, but I felt awkward. It would have been a really tense situation if I didn't because she wanted to. I was like, "Ah, I guess. She kind of smelled like cigarettes and I wasn't really that into it. And it's like, well... Otherwise, it's going to get weird. That's the same person that fired me later on. One of them. And maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. Shit happens. I was a fucking adult. I was 22 years old. I can handle myself. I'm not emotionally scarred from it. I didn't really want to do it, but I did it. Because I liked my job. And uh, I wanted to keep it. I didn't want to be weird. So I had some mediocre sex with my boss. It is what it is. I don't know. (sighs) It's weird times. Weird times. But with that being said, if I haven't already, let's give you something to think about. I'm going to share with you the extent of my notes on something to think about today. Which of these fucktards is better for the U.S.? Trump or Biden? That's it. That's all my notes. So let's weigh this out. Let's play with this a little bit. Let's play with it in our mind. Which fucktard is the best fucktard for the job? Well, let's look at Trump. Look at the benefits of Trump. Taxes probably won't go up. Uh, there's been some decreased regulation, which could be good or bad, depending on what the re- regulations are. Um, it's publicly seen as an endorsement of racism, so that's not good. The nation is pretty primed for riots and unrest at this moment in our history. So there's going to be a shitstorm if he gets reelected. That's going to tear America apart a little bit. Um, we have four more years of just dealing with Trump fucking derangement syndrome bullshit, which is honestly exhausting, but on the plus side, I'll probably have plenty of content to cover on this podcast. So there's that. And Biden, we have, um, somebody who'll probably be president for a year or two and then Kamala Harris will step in. So it's a return to normalcy. If you're happy with normalcy, I guess that's good for you. If you're not, mm, it's definitely not going to lead to some kind of revolution. Taxes might go up a little bit, but we could have federally legalized weed. 
And there might be because there there is this placating that the, the Democrats do, and they they definitely like to ride the ride the wave of public opinion. Maybe we'll get some prison reform. Um, maybe we'll get some police reform. That'd be cool. I don't want them to ban chokeholds necessarily. That seems kind of silly, but there could be some good stuff there. What could Trump do that's objectively good? And this is what goes on in my mind, actually, when I think about this. Like, it's because I'm I'm torn between not voting for the president and voting for Biden. That's kind of my two things. I will not vote for Donald Trump. Or voting third party also. I just think I'm in this place where I don't want um, a mob to overthrow the government, but I would like for things to kind of fall apart a little bit. I would like to dissolve into chaos for a little while. And maybe that's my privilege letting me know that I'll be fine probably regardless of what happens. I mean, I do this. I'm in the podcast world and the more chaos there is, the more there is to talk about, the more business we have. That That's helpful. Um, I don't think industries will collapse or anything like that. So there's not really any threat of that in my opinion, but who knows? We've got this crazy virus right now, so that's going on. Um, I think the <laughs> precautions around the coronavirus situation will diminish regardless of who the president is after the election. Um, and things will return back to some kind of normalcy as far as our social lives go. But I don't. No, I think the benefit of four more years of Trump is four more years of unrest and dissatisfaction with having someone like that in the White House. And that might lead to some real changes down the road, because here's what happens if you if you elect a Biden. What you have in Trump is, yeah, a bigot, probably, and uh, a narcissist and an entertainer and kind of a joke of a human being. But the ideology of Trump has taken hold in the, in the American right. Now, that family will be a part of our political lives long term. I mean, you will see a Don Jr. candidacy at some point. Maybe he, I don't know if he'll be the candidate, but he'll definitely be in a primary at some point. And that's scary because there will be those, those MAGA idiots fucking anything that has Trump on it, they're in for it. Um, and that's, that, 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 that is a little scary. But I'm less scared of this Trump than I am the Trump that comes after a Democratic presidency. And that's not a Trump necessarily, not somebody with the last name of Trump. That's somebody who's a little bit more cunning, a little bit more sly, but has a similar ideology. So if we let Trump go for four more years, maybe we burn that ideology out a little bit. Maybe the exhaustion takes place and we just get tired of that and enough people younger people become more and more politically involved that's one of the benefits of trump people don't think about that that more and more people have become politically involved myself included because i'm like how in the actual fuck did this happen there's a lot to think about there and this is very much something to think about what are you going to do at the polls are you going to show up does biden excite you enough to show up does Kamala Harris excite you enough to show up? Or does Trump excite you enough to show up? I understand the appeal of both. Neither one of them appeal to me. I do have an issue with the amount of religious pandering that Trump does now. And I've seen that more. And he talks about how, how Joe Biden, that Joe Biden presidency will be bad for God, which I don't understand how that works because he's got the whole world in his hands. Um, but you know, that's going to be a, a line he takes and it just doesn't seem like that's going to resonate. Cause that doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, Biden's a scumbag too, but I think he lives a little bit more moral of a life than, uh, than old Trumpy does. So we look at four more years of Trump. We have political unrest. Of course, we have to deal with Rachel Maddow complaining about Trump every night. If we want to watch that or just hear that, and that's going to be the common narrative. We probably get washed into some more like uh, liberal propaganda delusion, which will be pretty frustrating, but it could lead to something really positive in the long term over the next 30, 40, 50 years. Biden gets elected. We return to some kind of normalcy in the short term, but we basically set, 
the stage for another Trump-like figure who's better at being Trump than Trump is in four to eight years, depending on how the presidency goes. Now, if we had a Tulsi Gabbard as a vice president instead of Kamala Harris, my tone would be completely different. If we had a Nina Turner as a candidate as opposed to Kamala Harris, my tone would be completely different because then I would be rooting for Biden to be unfit, as he's already unfit for office, but be publicly unfit for office and declare himself unfit for office um, so that someone who actually has the capacity to finish a sentence and run a country um, take over. But I don't think that person is Kamala Harris. So they've done nothing for progressives on the on the DNC side, and part of me wants to see them lose because they're so fucking incompetent and so disconnected from the population of this country. So that's what goes on in my mind when I try to weigh the options between these two, and now we have a better picture with Kamala Harris. But you're gonna have to make your mind up for yourself. I honestly think no matter when, no matter who wins, we lose. No matter who wins, the American population loses. Because we failed to make progress. We failed to make the appropriate changes. But one thing we're starting to see is the cracks and the flaws in a system that pretends to be democratic. It's something to think about. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Really appreciate it. Love doing this show. Love being here. Remember to give me some feedback on some new styles if you're into that. If you're if you're active, if you're if you're an, a podcast activist, reach out. Let me know. <laughs> and make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and review the show. Give us some five stars. Give us some kind words. And if you're into this, find me on YouTube at Connor Moore. Patreon coming soon for that super bonus juicy content. Oh man, what else? YouTube. Find me on YouTube as well. Did I already say that? I don't know. Maybe I already did. I'm rambling now. Fucking love you guys. Keep your head on straight. <laughs>